again, retired tight end, didn't rule out returning to the NFL this season. Gronkowski is, quote, pain-free for the first time in more than a decade. Didn't shoot down the potential of a comeback, but he did say he didn't see it happening in the, quote, foreseeable future. Another tight end in the NFL on the mend. Redskins coach Jay Gruden expects Jordan Reed to be ready for the start of the season. He's suffering from a concussion currently. And the Athletics' Jeff Howard reports Patriots center David Andrews' season is in jeopardy after being hospitalized with blood clots in his lungs. Andrews is expected to already miss, quote, a significant amount of time. And in baseball, x-rays on Mike Moustakis' left hand came back negative. He's still sore and not expected to play in Tuesday's game. And the Atlanta Braves have released first baseman Lucas Duda. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, I'm not shocked to see this news. Rob Gronkowski did not rule out returning to the NFL this season. It's such a misleading headline. It really is, because he didn't say anything like that. So now people think he's coming back. He did not say anything like that at all. What did he say? He I feel good. No, he, yeah, he said he's felt great pain-free for the first time because of all the pain that he played through in football. And he put foreseeable future. So that doesn't mean that he's coming back. It's just it's such a misleading headline where people just do that to get people to click on the story. It doesn't say anything like, oh, yeah, I'm coming back this year. I'm thinking about it. It just said... He said his quote is, it could be the case in six months, could be the case in two years, it could be in three years, but I truly don't see it in the foreseeable future. How is that, oh, Gronk's coming back? Or th- that doesn't say anything of that nature. Well, no, but the, the byline is, he didn't rule it out. Okay. Right? Th- why are we surprised by that? No, that is anyone surprised by that? I think we, we've had this discussion. Well, well, let me ask you this. It's week 10. Ben Watson pulls a hammy. You don't think they're calling up Gronk and saying, dude, come on back for the last six weeks. And he might be like, no, I don't want to. I mean, you see, he, he lost a lot of weight. He's not in football playing shape right now. Again, if, if look, every player is different. Everyone has a different level of competition. If I am Gronk, there is no way I play football again. With Why does he even need to play football he again? He doesn't. It's only, it, the only thing it's going to be is the competition missing it. Obviously, it must have been extremely fun to play for that Patriots team. They won so much. He has. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay. So if he wasn't, would you come back for another go? Yeah, I think he has to be. How many Super Bowls? Five? Did he did he win? Yeah. No, it was I don't think he's won five. No. Four? I mean he's Uh, been in he's been in a bunch of them. He hasn't won as many has he been as many as Brady? Three. He's won three. He's won three. I mean, he was a generational tight end. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think he played enough. I know there were injuries. He played in 115 games, played about eight, nine years. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of the best tight ends. I would say, yeah. I mean, he's got five seasons of double-digit touchdowns. If he wasn't, would you say come back just to get a Hall of Fame? Um, If it meant that his body is fine. I mean, again, these guys have to worry about their future. Gronk is taking a beating. I mean, he talked about having a ton of blood withdrawn from his quad so he can play. I mean, this is just... People don't realize that stuff. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes for these guys just to get out on the field 
the surgeries, the painkillers. I mean, it, it takes its toll down the road. And again, if I'm Gronk, there's no way I come back. But at the same time, I understand the competitive juices. You love the game. You know, the thing is, man, look, he said he's just not, he doesn't have the same joy for it anymore. And I think Gronk mentioned that too, as well, that there was a period where it just wasn't fun anymore. And, you know, he said he, he uh, felt for, for luck. And he said even after the Super Bowl, like he was hurting for weeks. He had a thigh bruise, internal bleeding, and football was bringing him down. You don't want to go back to that, you know? So that's why I think he needs some time away. Maybe that joy comes back. You miss it. You're healthy. But you understand all of the pain that goes back when you come back to play. And Gronk was very savvy with his money. He was. He invested in a lot of things. Dude, he was on Shark Tank with his brothers and, and movies and stuff like that. But I always feel like these guys, only one team wins. Right, Adam? One team wins the Super Bowl. And all these other guys hurt. These other guys hurt all offseason. But only one team gets even the joy of winning. I mean, think about this. Think about taking all the pain. Think about being Andrew Luck and doing all the pain and, not, and, and losing in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it sucks. I mean, fortunately for him, he was compensated well and at least has a, a lot of money and hopefully can live the rest of his life in not too much pain. I think that's the biggest thing that people don't realize, that a lot of these players are going through pain on a daily basis. I always thought that Gronk could go into, like, the WWE, but I don't know if he can handle it. I don't know if he can handle the tax on his body. Well, the thing with a guy like Gronk is he doesn't have to be a guy that's there every week. We've seen WWE do it with, like, The Rock and Cena. When these guys go into the movies, they don't have to be there all the time. You know, the big events, you know, there's been rumored for about a year or so now that he might make an appearance. So that's the one thing is he wouldn't have to be the grinded bring, out Bring him out to Ru- every... SummerSlam and yeah. WrestleMania twi- yeah. two, three Special times a year. Events. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's I that type that. of guy. Special guest referee. Yeah, you know, special big event, you know, fighting someone and just, you know, at the major events, major pay-per-views. Do you ever go to WrestleMania or anything like that, Ronis? WrestleMania, no. I've only I've been to two wrestling events years ago at the Garden, and then a couple years ago I went to NXT at the Barclays Center, and uh, that was a really good event. What was the one like when you were a kid? Was it crazy? Yeah, no. I've always I've always loved wrestling. It's just I, I've had less time to watch it, so I chime in from time to time. I haven't seen anything in recent weeks. You know, if it's a big event, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, I'll tune in. They'll always have some of the former superstars there. So uh, I'm just not as up on it as I used to be. It's just with fantasy sports, it's just really difficult to to watch that consistently. You know it's not real, right, Ronald? It's not? Yeah, I know. I, I didn't want to break it to you. I, I'm Damn sorry it. that I had to do that. You know what I do like? I do like when they have the Hall of Fame and those guys, and the old guys get up and give speeches like that. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, I always think it's pretty That's cool. It's always around WrestleMania. Yeah. All right. Uh, another piece of, I, I want to say, I think it might be misleading. This guy, there's a report that A.J. Green is going to be returning for week three as a best-case scenario. How does anybody know this? The Cincinnati Bengals have said nothing about this. There's been no word. I'm not even sure. I, I think this is irresponsible reporting. Um, I don't know if they got it from a source. Uh, it's a guess, too. It's basically they're saying best-case scenario. So doesn't mean he's going to be back week three. You kind of just have to interpret it. Uh, again, it's a report from The Athletic, Jay Morrison. So, you know, the team hasn't said anything at all. So Right. I'm saying week five, Adam. I really am. I'm saying week five. I think week three is pushing it. 
Yeah, look, I, I don't know. And that's why I think he's been a risky draft pick. He's still going around five, and I don't understand it. Yeah. All right. We, I want to talk a little bit more about A.J. Green. I want to talk a little bit more about Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd and the Bengals. And I also want to talk about Cam Newton. Are we worried about Cam Newton? Are we willing to draft Cam Newton still as our number one quarterback? I think these are important questions. And you know when we'll get to them? We will get to these questions when we return right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we are back. We are full-time fantasy. Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronis. And remember, please go to fulltimefantasy.com, enter the promo code ROTO50 or RONUS50, and we'll give you 50% off your first two months. I know that Adam and I have both been into the uh, forums and we're answering questions for people. So that, you know, you want to ask us direct questions, that's the best way to find us. You put a question in the forums and we'll be sure to get back to you. And uh, I know people like to ask about their teams, who should they trade, draft grades, stuff like that. We always do that. So, uh, Adam, let's get back to the Bengals here for a second. Are you liking Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd more or less right now? Not the same. You know, I know there's concern with the offensive line and Mixon, but they weren't a very good team last year, and he still put up pretty good numbers. The volume's going to be there for him. So it's not someone that I'm like, I'm going to target and go get him. But if he's in the right spot, I'll take him. I don't even think I have him on any league yet this year, but I'm willing to take him if I need a running back. And uh, Boyd, uh, I do like. I think he's going to get the targets. Again, I don't have too many shares of him just because in that range, there's a, a few other receivers that I usually get. But yeah. I think both are going to be fine. Uh, it's Their volume's going to be there. I know the Bengals are not a great team, but we saw Boyd and, and Mixon both have productive fantasy seasons last year. And, you know, they did it for a portion without Andy Dalton. I don't have Mixon anywhere, and I don't have Boyd anywhere. But, no, I, I take that back. I have Mixon in one place. I'm not against Mixon, but I do worry that everybody's going to be keying in on him, right? They know where the ball's going. That can't be a good thing, Adam. No, it's... Right? Yeah. I, look, I, I'll, I'll take those guys in the right spot. They're not targets. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to get this guy. You know what I mean? It's like if a bunch of the guys I like are off the board, uh, then I'll, I'll take them in the right spot. But it just hasn't happened yet. You know, like Boyd, Boyd's like right in that wide receiver, two wide receiver, three range right now. Boy, Boyd's never really there on my radar. It's not that I don't like him. I do like Tyler Boyd, and I, and I really like him for the first four or five weeks. And I probably will play him in DFS, right? I'm not against that, but I just in, in redraft leagues, I just don't ever see me taking him. I don't know why. Maybe he's at a pick. I, I actually, I, I know why. I think in round five where, I've been, where you would take him, I've been taking a running back. Uh, okay. I think even receivers too again it depends who's on the board but yeah i'm trying to think if i have i might have boyd in one league i definitely don't have much Uh, i just feel like there's other players in that range that i've been taking 
I just want to go back to Mixon for a second. I know he's going to get the touches, and I know he's a really good player, a really good player. But don't you worry. There's no A.J. Green. You got Josh Malone on the outside. You got Cody Kaur. You, 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 got, you got issues. Why wouldn't you? If you were playing the Bengals, why wouldn't you put eight guys in the box? It was the same situation last year, though, and he, he did fine. I don't know. I just, I, I just don't, don't vibe it. I don't vibe it. All right, let's get back to Cam Newton for a second. How do you feel about Cam Newton? They said he's going to be ready for week one. He said he's going to be okay. Are you buying into that? Is he still a number one quarterback for you? Uh, yeah. He's like, I did move him down a little bit, you know, before I liked him a lot. And, and you know, got him, I think, in the draft last week in round 12. So I do like him. He has fallen in our ADP to QB 13. Uh, behind Drew Brees, he's the QB 12 right now. So Cam's ADP is 147. Again, at that spot, that's the 13th round. Basically, 13th, 14th round. You take him, and then if you're that worried, back him up uh, with someone else. So um, I'm fine with it. Obviously, in other leagues, your home leagues, it's going to be different. Cam's going to go earlier. So I'm not going to be as aggressive in drafting him. It has to be at the right value just in case this foot issue is a problem. I know they have come out and said they're not worried and they expect them to play week one. The biggest concern is, does he not run for a few weeks? Because a lot of his value is tied to his legs and the rushing yards. But I also think this is the best array of weapons he's had since he's been there. And just get the ball in the hands of more Samuel McCaffrey. And yeah, I think that's the best way for the Panthers to play it. I think so, too, but I will tell you, if I'm in an auction, if people are doing any auctions, I'm calling Cam Newton out for $1, and I want somebody to bid more. That's the kind of guy whose name I'm throwing out because I don't really want him. Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to go more than one, so you won't have to worry about getting stuck with him. And if you get him for a dollar, it's a bargain. Exactly, exactly. And, and I, did you play any football auctions? Uh, not this year, no. Yeah, I always play one. I always look at guys like that. Like, I throw guys out for a dollar or two who I may not really want, but if I get them for a buck, so be it. But hopefully you bet, you know, three or four dollars more. But uh, auctions are hard, are hard Adam, especially because football is different than baseball. In football, you've got like, I don't know what, 20 good players, and all those guys go for a fortune of money. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. And, you know, you see those elite running backs go for a lot of money, and then you have to make that decision. And you also don't want to be having too much money and then you're stuck taking the bottom of the barrel for the tier and you're overpaying because you're like, oh, no, there's only one good running back left and then you overpay for him. And you see it all the time. Just look at the final draft board of an auction and you're always like, how did this guy go for more than him? It's just when their names are brought up and how much money is left. That's what makes the auction fun and why it also makes it challenging and you have to be able to adjust on the fly and, and you know bid accordingly. I'll never forget, we had a bidding war on Ron Dane years ago. He went for $66. $66, Ron. He was a pig, but he was like the last guy on the board. He literally was the last guy on the board, and people are just bidding him up. It happens all the time. You know, that's that last guy, and there's two or three teams that are sitting back with a lot of money, and they're probably all on the same player. Like, oh, I have all this money left. There's not great players left. I got to get this guy. And then you just sit back and watch like, oh, my goodness, really? They're bidding on this guy? Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> right. You're like, I, was, I bid 23, and I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go 24, and he's going for 66. It's crazy. All right. Dante Pettis is dealing with a minor groin issue, Adam. He is, to me, a great seventh-round pick 
where maybe he's my fourth receiver. I don't think I want him as my third. Yeah, I know. And I took him in some early drafts, and I'm like, oh, man. But I still think he's going to start. You know, it feels like looking at some of the writers, they feel the same way that Shanahan is just trying to push Pettis to become better. Uh, I know he did play late into the preseason game this past week, which you don't like to see. But I still think there's an opportunity there for him. And uh, his stock has fallen. Uh, his ADP right now, though, is still 88. Uh, but it's a wide receiver 44. So he has gone a little bit lower. I think he was in the 30s before a wide receiver. So you are seeing the, the price really start to drop on Pettis. And now a guy that you could probably get in you know, anywhere from around 8 to 10 at this point. Would you rather Dante Pettis or Kiki Kuti? Right now, Pettis, just because QT is a little banged up. I know he returned to practice yesterday, uh, but I think I would still take Pettis. I think I would too, but I do like QT, and I think he's I think he's going to be a nice value now. Yeah, Good I got him in, in a beat Adam Ronis league last week, I think round 11 or something. He dropped a little bit, so I said, all right, I'm going to take him in this spot because I think it was outside the top 50 receivers. All right, let's get to your boy, Ezekiel Elliott, who wants to be a cowboy for the rest of his life, Ronis. What say you about that? Will he be a cowboy for the rest of his life? I think it's possible. Yeah, my guess is it will happen. I think we see this in negotiations. A lot of it's the pressure really builds last minute. There's still no urgency at this point. It's really going to start probably after this weekend. So I could see this coming down to the wire. I mean, maybe he even misses a week or two. We saw this in the past with Jerry Jones where Emmett Smith missed the first two games of the season. Uh, but remember, without Zeke and the, the suspension year, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. So I think they built the team around Zeke and the running game, and he's pretty important to that team. And uh, I think they eventually get a deal done. I guess there was another report today that even though they're seeing the second highest paid running back, a lot of the money was not guaranteed. So remember, we've always said it. you got to look at the guaranteed money. They can put the contract anywhere they want. Oh, he's the highest paid, second highest paid. Doesn't mean anything. The guaranteed money is the most important part, and apparently the guaranteed money has not been enough so far. I didn't like when Jerry Jones had Emmett Smith miss the first two weeks. I, I think you can solve this problem. I think you should have a guy in the first week. I, I think the, the deal can be done. Yeah, let's hope so. It should be done. But, you know, they got several guys to pay. I think that's the problem. I know, but I remember when that happened to Emmett Smith, and I just thought it was shameful because you don't want the Cowboys to go down 0-2, God forbid, over something like this. Ridiculous. All right, let's take a little time out. We'll come back right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
All right, guys, get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of the show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. So here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. And this offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Act quickly because this offer will not be around forever. And if you do have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply in the C website for details. Ronis, when you lived in Florida, what months were you here? Uh, April to August. Oh, so you didn't get, you, you weren't here during the, uh, the season, the hurricane season. No, I was fortunate not to deal with any of that. Yeah, we got a we got a hurricane on its path on us. Do you remember the evacuation that my whole family had to do to Vegas a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends uh, on on the path it takes. Obviously, it it could miss. So, it you know how it goes. Yeah, dude. When you live down here, you literally check it every day. You check. You just sit, you look at the models and you're like wondering which way the wind set, tell, tells everything because you want it to hit um, the DR and Haiti. You needed to hit those mountains. Well, I mean, you don't want that to happen, but no. Well, you want, yeah, that's true. That's a good point, Adam. That's a very good point. I don't so, want anybody. I have a lot to be of people injured. I like down there. That's a very good point. But um, if it doesn't hit that, though, it goes straight to the mainland, and it, and, it, and it's brutal. Yeah, no, that's the one thing about living down there is you got to deal with those hurricanes, and uh, some of them can be really, really life threatening. Yeah, you get nine good months and three crappy months. All right, Adam. So we talked about Ezekiel Elliott wanting to be a cowboy for the rest of his life. Let's talk about Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard appears to be good to go for week one when he plays, of course, the Cowboys. Is he a guy that you're putting back on your radar now? Yeah, I mean, I've, I drafted him in that GST league we did. Um, it was did you feel good late. about it? Did you feel good about it? No, but uh, you know, the, the targets are going to be there early in the season. Golden Tate's out for four games, uh, so... He should, I would think, plays the slot while Tate is gone. And, yeah, this Giants team is uh, going to be passing, I think, quite a bit because they'll be playing from behind. So, uh, you know, he's not a target, but I think he was like the fourth, fifth receiver on that team. So I'm fine with that. Assuming the Giants are playing from behind, which we all assume they will, do you think Saquon becomes way more of a receiving threat and less of a running threat this year? Well, I think we saw it last year. I mean, he, he kind of was, especially down the stretch. He was getting less carries, and uh, we know he's going to get a, a ton of receptions in the passing game. But, uh, you know, he wasn't very efficient on, on the ground last year. Uh, I mean, he did average five yards per carry, but there were a lot of games down the stretch where uh, it wasn't heavy volume, uh, and he had 121 targets. So I think people are expecting that again. But there were a lot of games where he just uh, was not very productive on the ground. Uh, he had a late in the year 14 for 31, 21 for 43, 13 for 38, 14 for 43. So I think you will see a lot of games like that. But those weeks he had nine catches three weeks in a row. Right. I mean, that's that's where he makes it up. Is He's just going to be heavily involved in a passing game. It just gives you that high floor every week. And that's why it's important to have that pass catching running back. Obviously, Barkley's on the upper tier you're not going to see many running backs get 121 targets but uh in, for for them and what he can do they are going to feed him the football i mean what's interesting when you look at that philadelphia game he went 13 carries for 130 yards and a touchdown 
he, the, what makes him special is that he can go the distance, which even if he only gets 13 carries, it can be for 100 yards. You can't say that for most guys in the NFL. Yeah, very explosive. He can break a big play. I mean, he only had four games last year of 20 carries or more. And does that surprise? That surprised me actually. I really, I don't know. I guess it didn't surprise you, but it did surprise me when I looked at it. Yeah, he had 261 carries last year. You know, everyone says, "Oh, well, the difference between Barkley and McCaffrey and Kamara is he's going to get 300 carries," and he probably could this year, but it didn't happen last year. I mean, because again, the Giants were playing from behind a lot, so they had to play catch up and pass a lot. And the fortunate thing is, he doesn't come off the field; he stays on it. And he gets those targets. But uh, I think a lot of people would assume last year that he had 300 carries. And he didn't. Take a look at week 16 against Indianapolis. I could see that stat line for Barkley a lot. 21 for 43 and a touchdown. 5 for 34. Maybe it's a little bit better receiving. But I could see something like that, Adam. And that's what, 10, 15, that's 18 points a week. I think we're looking at Barkley in that 16 to 20 point a week guy. Yeah, you know, there's some people who don't want to take Barkley one, uh, and you could understand it just because they're looking at the downside of the Giants offense with Eli Manning. You know, and as great as Daniel Jones has been in the preseason, we still don't know anything. It's going to be a lot different when he's playing in an actual NFL game with teams preparing for him. First we know defense. he's a Hall of Famer, Adam. Come on, we know this. I mean, look, you, if you're a Giants fan, you're happy that, hey, look, the guy actually sh- showed he was competent in the preseason. It would have been a lot better than him going out there and looking clueless. But we still need to see him do it in an NFL game. So, look, I think there's there's some downside to Barkley that maybe people are not taking into, into account. I mean, All right, question. Christian McCaffrey, how many games did he have over 20 rushing attempts? Not not many. He didn't have a lot of carries. I'd say two. Two. Yeah. He had 28 in week three, and he had 21 in week 16. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, heavily involved in the passing game and had such a high floor. So, I mean, yeah, that's the that's what people are going to argue with those two. I mean, I have McCaffrey ranked ahead of him, but it's really close, and I've kind of diversified. Um, my home league, I had the one pick on uh, Sunday, and I took McCaffrey. Uh, I have Barkley in the FSGA, so I've kind of mixed it up. Uh, with McCaffrey, It's uh, I think the offense is better. He had 13 total touchdowns. What about the lack of possible running, rushing touchdowns? You know, they said they don't want him to run. I don't believe that. I have... I, he he had most of his touchdowns inside the goal line last year, and who are they doing? Who are they replacing him with? Do you think Jordan Scarlett gets it? No, just I don't. I I don't know why they brought that up, uh, but I'm not buying it because McCaffrey got the job done last year, so I don't see any reason why not. I think there were people questioning him last year because he had 117 carries the year before. They almost doubled that, and he he did even better. I mean, his yards per carry went from three seven to five, so he got better. He showed he could handle that workload. So I don't see any reason to change it. But, you know, you... Th- All right, you, let me ask you this new question. You're picking second in a standard league. Who are you taking? Uh, you could make the case, if we're not going to include Zeke, you could say Kamara. Okay, but if Zeke is there, you're taking Zeke. Yeah, I think if Zeke is playing and you know from week one, yeah, you're in a non-PPR, you're taking him too. So you're taking Kamara two and McCaffrey three in a in a standard. Yeah, only because it, Kamara just I feel like he's going to get more touchdowns. We've seen it two years in a row now. I know they both uh, don't really get a ton of carries, but 
this offense with the Saints, it's pretty much Thomas Kamara. And it's two years in a row now. He had 13 touchdowns as a rookie. Remember, he didn't even play a big role in the first several weeks of the season. He was third on the depth chart. And then last year, he had 18 total touchdowns. What about if you were in a half-point PPR? I think I would take McCaffrey. Yeah, I would take McCaffrey. But it, I, it's funny you said that because I believe that in a standard, Zeke would be my number two for sure. Yeah, I just think the the touchdowns for Zeke are going to go up, and you know the volume is going to be crazy. Even if they do use Tony Pollard a little bit more, maybe try to keep Zeke a little fresh, uh, you know, he's going to get 300 carries. He got 304 last year, 322 as a rookie, 242 when he had the six-game suspension. And remember, as a rookie, he had 16 total touchdowns. He only had nine last year. Uh, that's because the Cowboys really struggled near the goal line in the red zone. It's not because of Dak Prescott. A lot of people are going to say, well, Dak has had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three years. But, okay, so Dak had six touchdowns in Zeke's rookie year, and Zeke had 16. So I do think they will pass a little bit more and become more aggressive. But the, the main thing for Dallas is they need to do a lot better job inside the 20 because they would move the ball up and down the field, and they just stalled too much last year. I think that changes, and uh, Zeke – gets double-digit touchdowns easy. Do you think that's all because of Kellen Moore? I mean, do you think one guy can make such a difference? Well, I, th I think they need to be more creative. I've said it for years. I mean, basically, when Dallas had the, the really good year, was it 2016 when they won a ton of games? I said it. They bullied teams. They basically said, all right, we're going to run the football down your throat. You're not stopping. But that wasn't creative. Right, exactly. But it worked because they had a, a pretty – easy schedule that year and a great line right and then when when there was a team that can step up and and stop them or limit it they were clueless they had no idea what to do they could not adjust and they played the tougher schedule two years ago and then had zeke out and they didn't make the playoffs and then obviously last year it took them some time to get going uh, obviously once amari cooper came in because dak had no one to throw to so i think more coming in and being a little bit more creative is absolutely going to help this offense because they've just been getting by on talent, offensive line, running the football, and just bullying teams. And you can't do that in the NFL and ultimately win a championship. You need some creativity, and I think that's where Kellen Moore comes in. The play calling and the scheme is very important. So here's a comment for you. Oh, some breaking news here. Oh. Bill O'Brien is not hopeful about Kiki QT playing in the opener. Hmm, interesting. I was, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, look, he was me. back at practice yesterday, so you felt, all right, maybe he's good to go, but uh, it looks like uh, he's... Uh, that doesn't um, shock me. And that's that's not good to hear that now. That means he's probably not playing. Right. I almost want to hear... I almost Actually, I almost want to hear it now, Adam. I want to know it now. And then if QT's not in, they've got this guy, Carter, was it... Vincent Carter, is it? DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter, right? It's Vincent Smith, right? So I think you're looking at Hopkins, Fuller, Duke. We're not going to put Duke in the slot. Could you put Duke in the you slot? Could. Yeah, you could. You could use Crockett a little bit in the backfield and then uh, line Duke up in the slot. I think this helps Duke. Yeah, everything helps Duke. It really does. No QT helps Duke. No Fuller they're playing, helps Duke. They're playing the Saints, they, and it's one of the highest over-under game totals for the week. Interesting. All right, when we come back, I want to make the comment that I didn't get to make because of the breaking news. I'm going to make, because I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't know what it is, but I'll let you know what it is right after this. Hey. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we are back. Do me a favor, guys. Go to playffwc.com, and you'll sign up for one of our drafts. There's a uh, Beat Dr. Roto draft on Wednesday night and another one on Friday. I know Ronas is going to try to do a Beat Adam Ronas draft this week as well. And we've got starter drafts, a full-season draft tonight, four slots open. There's an online championship tonight at 9 p.m. So pretty much, you know, Adam, I think between tomorrow and September 7th, I think I might be drafting every day. Damn, that's a lot of drafts. I'm trying to think. I know I'm drafting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm not drafting Saturday. Is Sunday the first? Uh, no, I think no. Yeah, Sunday yeah. is the first. Yeah, so I'm drafting Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then. Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I'm drafting straight through, except for maybe this weekend. I think I only have a break, have a break on Saturday. I'm going to sleep on Saturday, honest. Good luck with Everybody. the waiver wire. Uh, <laughs> I know, dude. I have to channel my inner Chad. I have to hire an intern, honest. I think you're going to need one. Yeah, I know I'm going to need one. Yeah, my brain's going to be on fire. I, I see. It seems like such a good. T- it seems like such a good idea now, and then when the season starts, it's not a very good idea. You know how many pieces yeah, of paper I go through? That's what most people will say. They're like, oh, yeah, I got all these drafts. They're all happy. I got this exposure. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. Now I have to do the waiver wire for all these leagues? What the hell was I thinking? Why did I, I take know. on so many? All right, I'm going to cut back next year. <laughs> exactly. Everyone, do- everyone does that. I'll probably have about 20 leagues. It's too many. All right. So here was my comment to you before. Creativity is great in the regular season. But in the playoffs... It's not. Whereas boring is terrible in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you win with it. Um, I, I, why? Because the Super Bowl was so bad? Well, I look at the Rams, and I think the Rams are a very, very creative team. But I think during the playoffs, they couldn't do one simple thing. Run the football. Uh, see, uh, but then you could look but at But the Cowboys years. could. Yeah, but then you look at two years ago, how did the Eagles win? They were creative. You have to do that to beat New England. You can't just be vanilla. You know, they came up with the Philly special and New England. But they, but they weren't, that was the only game they were creative. They weren't really creative in the playoffs outside of that. They were just good. Yeah, no, they, but they also weren't one dimensional. You know, that's, that's the thing okay, is with, that's with the, if with Zeke, you know, teams know that, all right, Zeke's going to run the football. And there were a lot of teams that couldn't stop it. But once you get in deeper into the playoffs, you're facing better competition. So you got to be diversified, and you have to have some element of the passing game that can be a threat. Could you ever? I mean, this is a this is a crazy concept, but couldn't the Cowboys be more be forced to be more creative without Zeke? Because when you have Zeke, you rely so much on him. No, I think they even last year. Once they got Cooper, they they did pass more. I mean, the offense just got a lot better. So, and you got Gallup developing. So. 
I don't. I don't think so. I think you still you still want Zeke there. I mean, Pollard just makes it better for for them with the way he's looked here in the preseason, and we still have to see him do it in the regular season. But but you know, just add another dimension now. I think they've kind of been looking for that. That was the stupid. What was it two years ago? Oh, Tavon Austin's going to get all these touches. You know, obviously it didn't work out, but maybe Pollard's that guy that they use instead. Yeah, I never liked Tavon Austin, and I got to go back to our friend Jason Braddock, who never liked Tavon Austin, even when he was drafted in the first round. He thought he was one of the worst picks ever in the first round. Jason was right about that. Yeah, for sure. There was a lot of hype on him. He was a small receiver drafted early and uh, never panned out. All right, Jay Gruden says Jordan Reed going to be fine. Is he back in your round 13 list? No, it's just too risky, man. I mean, seven concussions. I'm surprised at this. I mean, at some point, don't you have to tell the guy, like, look, you're risking your future here. Look how many concussions you have. You've been banged up. You know, let's seriously think about this before you head back out on the football field. Yeah, I mean, who's giving him advice? Who's giving him advice? I, I don't I don't get it. See, that's a guy that needs to retire. That's a guy that needs to stop stop playing. No, I think so. When you're talking seven concussions, and those are what we know. Those are diagnosed. I'm sure he's had several others where he didn't know or didn't say anything. And that happens a lot with players. You know, remember when you hear Andrew Luck only had one concussion, that's what he was diagnosed with. I'm sure he's had way more than that. I mean, these guys don't want to show toughness. Sometimes they don't say anything. No, that's true. I, right. And if you say anything, look, some guys don't want to say anything because they'll lose their job, right? They're fighting for a job. They say something, they're not playing as much. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they've tried to get a little bit more strict with it and have players pulled from games uh, when they see anything. But it's still not to the level right now of where it needs to be. All right. A defensive note here. The Dolphins release Akeem Spence, who started 16 games for Miami last year. We're going to hear the words tanking for Tua all year long. Because of that, Adam, I am, I am really avoiding Dolphins. I have, I have zero shares of Kenny Stills. I have zero shares of Devontae Parker. I have maybe one share of Kenyon Drake in the GST. But, I mean, people are in on Ballage. I'm not. I, I just think that uh, this team is a mess. Yeah, it really is. I don't have much either. I think I have a Ballage in the fishbowl, but that was our RB57 because that was like before we knew that he was actually going to get some first-team snaps. Obviously, he looked, he's looked terrible in the preseason, awful last week. And I think I did get him in another league, and I already regret it. It was like round nine. But uh, I think Drake is the better player. But the problem is it's just going to be inconsistency from week to week. We've already seen no one. It's not just Adam Gase. Really, no one believes that Kenyon Drake can handle a full workload because it's never happened, and this coaching regime doesn't look like they plan to do that either. Drake's ADP right now is 80 in the FFWC. I think in more home leagues, he's going to go even later. He's RB35. I'm actually – I thought he would drop a little bit more. Um, So, for me, it's just got to be a really good value with him before I take him. But I see, I guess – the shedding the walking boot and being bracket practice has pushed him up. Uh, the last two drafts, 69 and 68. Wow. Yeah. yeah well, I told you. I, th- I thought he was going to go up. No, but I think w- there was that pocket. When we did the GST, there was a huge pocket of value then. Yeah, I think even, would you get him, eight, round eight or nine? Maybe even later. Yeah, he fell at that point, And now, obviously, he's moving back up a little bit because, number one, 
Ballish has looked so bad, and two, uh, Drake's back practicing. Well, I, look, Drake, Drake is a better player, and the, and if they're going to be behind Adam, you, you're going to need Drake because Ballage is not a great uh, catcher of the football where Drake is. So I've got to think that Drake gets 15 touches a week. Well, we kind of said the same thing last year, and it didn't happen. And that's why it's really tough with Drake because there might be some weeks where, it, say, it's a, a competitive game and they just keep feeding Ballage the ball no matter how Bad he looks. I mean, Drake last year had 120 carries, 133 the year before. I mean, he did have 53 catches last year, but it's just he's not a player that you're going to feel good about starting every week. That's the problem, and that's why a lot of people just say, you know what, I'm going to avoid this offense. I don't want to deal with it because you just don't know uh, on a week-to-week basis what you're going to get. Well, I mean, that's true. What about Devontae Parker? What about Kenny Stills? What about any Mike Isecki? What about any of these bums? Are you in on any of them? It, it seems like Kenny Stills might get cut. He could be on a different team. Uh, and depending where he goes, maybe there's some value there. I think Stills is a good player, but the situation is terrible. And you could tell me, oh, Stills and Parker are cheap. I haven't touched them. I just, it's just a, a terrible situation there. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, Parker's 173's ADP. He's really cheap. Okay, fine. You're, what, a 15, 16 round pick? I mean, it's not like you're investing much. Doesn't work out. You can cut him, but I haven't even considered it. Uh, with none of these receivers. Kenny Stills, his ADP is higher at 145. He's going to drop, though, and I see it here. Two of the last three drafts, 188, 179, because there's a lot of talk that he could get cut. I mean, he, he's gone as early as 109? Really? Yeah. I, I, dude, dude, I've been taking Preston Williams. Seriously, I've been taking Preston Williams, and he's the dude, only guy I've been taking. But even so, like... He, no, no, he's a pig, too. Look, I, I, he's, a, he's he w- a flyer. Do you know where he went in my GST league? Round. You're going to vomit. Oh, wait, it was early. It was early, right? Round 11. Yeah, it was early. Yeah, It was either 10 or 11. I was yeah. sitting there like, what? I take okay. him somewhere between 13 and 16, depending on the mood. Yeah, again, in those rounds, and we know in, in the FFWC, you just get no value. I know people are like, oh, you can get this receiver in that round. Nope, not in this format. If you think you can, come join us, and you'll see. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> the, all the guys that, that you think about. And I understand we have to cater to different audiences, but we understand a lot of people that listen do play in the FFWC. It's just different where players go. So you'll see other sites and everything say, oh, this guy's a sleeper or he's undervalued. It's not in this format, man. It's just so you have to know that going in. Right. There, well, it's so funny. There is no value. Uh, and when high stake leagues and I feel badly because I think some people who might listen to these podcasts who aren't high stakes players back well my league that guy wouldn't even get drafted and you're probably right that guy in your league wouldn't get drafted but in the leagues we play in he's going to be somebody's sixth or seventh receiver that's just how it works Adam yeah I will say this though I, I do think that uh, even the casual leagues are getting a lot better I, I think there's so much information out there so uh, even in your home leagues, there's going to be a lot of bad picks. I've seen it. Uh, people will go based on reputation and the players' past. So you will see Brady and Breeze go higher in your home leagues. But I do think that it's uh, get they are getting a little bit more challenging. There's so much uh, information out there. Well, it's funny. Somebody said my article on the 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 on the SI the quarterback tiers. He wrote what a terrible article. And I appreciate that. Thank you for reading it. Uh, I really, uh, you know, but my point was I didn't even want to respond to him, Adam, because I know this guy's not a high stakes player. Right? You're just not going to get it. 
You're not going to get the concept of what I'm trying to put out there. Because in your league, you're going to take Drew Brees, and you're going to think you made a good pick. It's true. Uh, I, I, again, I, I don't. I, I think Brees, for some reason, though, it feels like Brees is rising up our ADP recently because he's QB 12 now. Maybe because he was dropping so low that people are like, oh, I'm going to get Drew Brees. I guess. But, yeah, again, look, with Drew Brees, we know he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. We know he's great. That's not relevant for fantasy. Where, what are the numbers going to be? And the problem with Brees right now is the Saints have had two excellent seasons where they have combined to go 14-7. and seven. And um, no, what am I talking about? They – it's better than that. I don't know. Why am I 24 and 7 or something like that? Uh, but they won a lot of games. They won what, 13, 14 games last year, 11, two years ago with Breeze not throwing the football. Breeze, two years ago, 536 pass attempts. Last year, 489. Okay? He's not throwing the football as much. Yeah, he had 32 touchdowns last year. He had 23 two years ago. The Saints have discovered let's run the football a lot. We don't want to ask Brees to throw the ball deep. The arm strength is diminishing. Yeah, he'll have a couple games where he throws four touchdowns. But go look at the game logs, man. That's not the way the Saints play anymore. This, is, a, not, this is not Drew Brees. Why did we love Drew Brees years ago? 650 pass right. attempts every look, year. He's not a best happening ball, anymore. He's a best ball quarterback to me. I think there will be, just like you said, three or four games when he plays Tampa, when he plays Carolina maybe. He goes for 298 yards and three touchdowns, certainly at home. Right? We know he's a better quarterback at home. And I'll be in. Eight games a year, I think he could be good. The other eight games, I want no part of him. He's almost become a Ben Roethlisberger type to me. Six games last year of one touchdown pass or fewer. And down the stretch, the last four games, so. Oh boy, three touchdowns in four games. Where were they? Were they at home? At Dallas, at Tampa, at Carolina, home to Pitt. See what I tell you. But come at on. The but here, here. I don't want him on the road. I want but, Breeze only at home. And at Tampa, one touchdown against that terrible defense? Come on. Yeah, that was bad. No, that really was bad. But if, if you look at it, go look at him. He's so much better at home. That's the only – he is become – remember in Ben Roethlisberger, we only played him yeah, in Heinz Field? for a long time. He for had a, long... a poor home road split. Yeah. All right, back right after this, guys. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back for full-time fantasy. So, Ronas, I see Houston at home, Tampa Bay at home, Arizona at home in the first eight weeks. Drew Brees lights it up those three games. Yeah, I think with him, he has become somewhat predictable. You're looking for him in a home game against a below-average defense, and maybe that's the week that they decide to pass a little bit. But it's pretty clear what the game plan is. I mean, we've seen it two years in a row. It's a... They want to run the football a ton. They're not asking Brees to put the ball in the air 40 times a game. They, they believe in their defense, and they believe in their run game. And they've had a lot of success the last two years doing that. So it's not a knock on Brees. We're, we're looking for fantasy numbers. And you could tell me, well, Brees had 32 touchdowns last year. Well, almost every quarterback in that range is throwing around 32. You just want it to be distributed evenly. You want some consistency. It's not going to be there with Brees. It's going to be 
boom or bust. We saw it last year, and I don't think it's going to change this year. His, fi- his playoff weeks, home against San Francisco, home against Indianapolis, at Tennessee. I, I mean, not terrible. Yeah, it's not but, that bad. I mean, you get the two home games, but, you know, San Francisco. They might be able to run against San Francisco. San Francisco's run defense is terrible. Yeah. So, you know, you could see that there. And, you know, Indy, we don't know how they're going to look in week 15. You know, I think if we knew Andrew Luck was playing, we'd say, okay, that could be a potential shootout. Although I do like Indy's defense, but I don't know where Indy's going to be at week 15. Maybe his team surprises and they're in the playoff hunt, or maybe they just completely fall apart and Jacoby Brissett's not the answer. So I think I, Jacoby Brissett is not, is not going to be the reason they lose. But I think Philip B. Wilson was so right. He was so right. He holds on the ball yeah, way too he much. He does, and, the, and that could become a problem. You know, that was the one thing about Andrew Luck. He got rid of that football. He did. He got rid of that football. Yeah, Luck was sacked 18 times last year, man. That's unbelievable. You talk about but they waited way too long to build that offensive line. It cost Luck his career, essentially. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. I feel badly. but we're gonna, See, I think, once again, going back to Philip Wilson, Luck was great. Brissett is good. You, yes. We're going to see a big difference. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, again, the surrounding talent is better than what they had two years ago and different coaching staff. That's true. All right. Who's coming up next hour, Adam? Uh, Sean Childs will join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. All right. Sean is joining. We always say hi to him. He's a great, great fantasy football player. All right, guys. This is Dr. Rose saying be well. Take care. I'm not here tomorrow. I'll be back on Thursday with, with you. So uh, keep it right here for Ronas for another hour on Full-Time Fantasy right after this.